Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Haggai uh, chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. I just want to read a couple of verses. Uh, Haggai chapter 2, and I want to read from verse 6. And this is what the Bible says. Haggai 2 verse 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. And so, Father, as we go to your word, I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would speak to us, that this word would become a revelation. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know and hear and understand your word today. Father, bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak and to, your, and to receive your word. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Father, I pray that there would be freedom to hear the word of the Lord today. And I thank you that you will speak today. I thank you that this word will make a difference in our hearts and lives today. And this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak uh, uh, this morning on the, on the subject uh, shaken uh, for glory. First uh, message of uh, 2021, uh, shaken for glory. Um, I want to take a thought that comes from this little book called Haggai that we just read from uh, in our text. Haggai is one of the uh, minor prophets, minor only because uh, it's a small book, only has uh, two chapters in there. And I believe that Haggai, the prophet Haggai, has a really important message for us as we go into 2021, as we begin to look at 2021. Um, Haggai was one of the early returners uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, the people of God disobeyed God as part of their history. You know that. And so the Babylonians came in and they destroyed Jerusalem. They destroyed uh, everything, the walls, the temple. They destroyed the city and they took the best uh, of Israel. They took them back into Babylon with them. People like Daniel and so on, uh, they took back into Babylon. Sometime later, the Babylonians were overthrown by the Persians uh, and the Persians began to let the Jews return back to Jerusalem. Uh, and so when Haggai returned to Jerusalem, uh, he was one of those that you know, returned. And when he, when he got back to Jerusalem, he found the place in ruins, desolation. Uh, the temple was rubble. And so the first thing that those who returned began to do was they began to rebuild their houses. That was the first thing they did. As they returned back into Jerusalem, the place was an absolute disaster. The first thing they did was they actually began to rebuild their homes. So they built these beautiful homes, marble tops, uh, the latest, um, got some ideas from the block, uh, timber floors, wood panelling, um, but the temple was in ruins. Uh, 
So you can just picture this in your own mind. Uh, the Israelites are returning back. First thing they focused on was, hey, we've got to get our homes back in order. But the temple was in ruins. And what they began to say was, well, it's not time for us to rebuild the temple. It's a really interesting thought there because uh, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so here were the people of Israel. They, they returned back to Jerusalem. The first thing they do, the first thing they prioritize is let's rebuild our homes. And they, and they kind of left the, the temple of the Holy Spirit to the side. The Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we can have these beautiful homes, literally. We can look great on the outside. We can look the part, look spiritual, look like we have it all together on the outside. But the spiritual temple of the Holy Spirit inside of our hearts can be in ruins. We can have everything looks great on the, out, on, on the outside, but on the inside, the temple of the Holy Spirit is in ruins. I often ask myself the question, you know, I wonder what the temple inside of my heart looks like. I wonder, what, I wonder what it actually looks like in reality. I wonder if I could see a picture of the temple of the Holy Spirit in my heart. I wonder what it would look like. Sometimes in our own hearts, there can be a temple that's in ruins. There's no worship, no prayer. There's no connection with God. So God, seeing that the Jews were neglecting the temple, He rebukes them through the, through the prophet. He speaks to them through the prophet Haggai. And he says to them, this is chapter one. He says to them, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in your purse with holes in it. Isn't that a great description of our generation today? It's just never enough, is it? It just doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter how much we have. It's never quite enough. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. God was saying, you guys are working hard. You've planted much, but you've harvested little. You guys are working hard. You guys are planting. You're doing everything you can. But there's little reward for what your effort and I love the way Haggai says, you earn wages, put them in a purse with holes in it. He's saying you're not getting the return you should be getting. In, 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 in proportion to the effort that you're putting in, you're not actually getting a return. And the reason why you're not getting a return is because your priorities are messed up. You're neglecting the house of God. And it's not the temple necessarily, but it's, it's the worship. And I believe that this is such a powerful thought because hard work is important, but success does not come from hard work. It's the favor of God that brings success. We, we, we need to understand, is hard work, Pastor Joe, you're saying we shouldn't work hard? No, I'm not saying that at all. Hard work is extremely important. The Bible encourages us to be diligent. But if we think that our hard work alone is going to bring success, then we're mistaken. If we do experience any kind of success, ultimately, it's the favor of God. Never make a mistake about that. And the favour of God comes when we put God first. But seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus said, Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Put God in the first place and all of these things shall be added unto you. 
I love this scripture in Proverbs. It says, honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. It's not speaking about wine there and it's not speaking about crops. It's speaking about the blessing and the favour of God. So when the people of Israel heard this, you know, Haggai speak to them, they were convicted of that and, and, and they began to work on the temple immediately. I wonder so often why we have to go through the trial to get, for God to get our attention. Now, I wonder why so often we have to go through some tough times so then we can actually go to God and begin to, hey God, what, what, what's going on here? Lord God, Because we need to know what's kind of happening here and then God begins to speak to us. So they began to work on the temple, but compared to Solomon's temple, this was tiny. The people were discouraged and disappointed and God encourages them and he says, don't lose strength, I'm with you. Do not be afraid, my spirit is with you. Remember, I made a promise when you came out of Egypt that I would always be with you and I am with you. And then God gives this prophetic word to the, to, to the people of Israel. He gives them this word, which is just powerful. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and what is desired of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. God says through the prophet Haggai that there was a, a shaking that was going to take place. It was going to be a shaking that influenced and affected the heavens, the seas, the nation. Every nation would be affected by this shaking. And then the desire of all nations, which is actually speaking about Christ, would come and this house would be filled with the glory of God. And then he says, the glory of the present house shall be greater than the glory of the former house says the Lord Almighty. Now God was saying, I don't, I don't care how great Solomon's temple was and Solomon's temple in comparison was, was great. It was amazing. It was just incredible. And God says, I don't care how great Solomon's temple was. Uh, I don't care how small this temple looks in comparison. The glory of this house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house because my presence is going to be here. Because my spirit is going to be here and I will fill this house with my glory. That is a powerful principle in this passage of Scripture. There's, there's just a powerful principle here that I pray would kind of stick uh, inside of our hearts this morning that we would remember, shaking always precedes the glory of God. Shaking always precedes the glory of God. Shaking, trials, tests always precede the presence of God, the Spirit of God, a move of God, the power of God being manifest in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but this passage caught my attention. As I kind of, you know, came across this passage, it kind of, it kind of caught my attention because if there's one word that we could use to describe 2020, I believe it's the word shaken. The world has been shaken to its roots. It's like someone has turned it upside down like, you know, one of those snow globes. You know, at Christmas you get the, the snow globes and you, you got to shake it a bit so all the snowflakes were there. It kind of feels like that's what's happened in the world. To shake means to turn upside down, to unsettle, unnerve, tremble, shut, uh, shudder. And I believe all those words could easily apply to 2020. Who would have thought that at the beginning of 2020 that something like what we've just been through could have actually happened? In our generation. I mean, we understand pandemics in the past. We kind of get that. But, you know, this is, this is our generation. We've got Google. We've got the computer. We've got the internet. How, how can something like this actually happen in our generation? 
and yet it has. Within weeks, the world was shaken to its core and it's not over just yet. We pray it's going to be over soon. Why should we actually notice this passage? Why should this passage actually make sense to us? Well, as we look at the Bible, it appears that one of the things that will happen in the end times is going to be a shaking. One of of the things that is going to happen before Christ returns is actually going to be a shaking. Have a look at some of these scriptures. Isaiah says this, speaking about the day of the Lord, people will flee to caves in the rocks and to holes in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. Isaiah 13, 13, therefore I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its place at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of his burning anger. Joel 3.16, the Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The earth and the heavens will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. And then Revelation 16.18, listen to this. It says, then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since mankind has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake. There's no question that the nations of the world have been shaken. There is absolutely no question that that, that what's taken place in the world and is still taking place is a massive shaking at every level. But not only have the nations of the world been shaken, the church has been shaken as well. 2020 was a year when the church was shaken. You know, we were kind of traveling and, you know, we got our plans, we got our ideas, we got our goals, we got our vision, our mission, and so on and so on. We've got all of those things. But 2020 saw a shaking of the church, where the depth of the church, the foundations of the church were tested. And not only was the church shaken, but we as individuals have been shaken as well. Our faith has been shaken. Our spiritual life has been shaken. Which kind of all brings us to ask a a question, well, what is the purpose of the shaking? Why, why, Why is the shaking so important? Well, we've already touched on one of the reasons, and I just want to give you a couple as we as we begin this 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 2021 a year. One of the reasons why the shaking is because shaking always precedes the glory of God. All throughout scripture you see this principle. It comes up again and again. Shaking, trials, tests always precede the presence of God, the Spirit of God, a move of God. Whenever we see a shaking of this magnitude, it ought to get our attention and say, okay, God is up to something. I don't exactly know what God is up to, but I know He's up to something. And one of the things as we look through the the Scriptures, what we find is that whenever God's people went through a shaking of this kind of magnitude, God was doing something and it always preceded the glory of God being manifest. God leads the people of Israel out of Egypt. 400 and something years they were, they were in, in, in captivity in Egypt as slaves and he finally delivers them and, and they're marching out and then, and then as they get towards the Red Sea, you know, they're kind of locked in and the, and the Egyptians are coming in from behind and there's a, there's a shaking that takes place. And they're afraid and, and they think they're doomed. It's just imagine, just interesting how you read that scripture and watch how the people began to react as they're in this situation where there's a, there's a, there's a test, there's a trial, there's a, there's a difficulty in front of them. You know, there's some of them go, oh, I told you we should have stayed in Egypt. You know, you, 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 when there's a shaking, you just notice how different people react to the same situations. Some of them go, we should have stayed in Egypt where it was, I told you so. 
And right there in that moment, Moses says, just stand still and watch the glory of God be revealed. Just, just stand still. Some of you are in a situation right now where it feels like you're hemmed in. No matter where you turn, you just, you just don't know which direction to go. The word of the Lord to you and me is just hang in there. Don't be afraid of the shaking because God is about to do something. And God reveals His glory and makes a way where there, didn't, where there was no way. God made a way through the Red Sea. Beautiful story about Job. I just love referring back to him. He is shaken to his core by, by horrendous trial. Just a horrendous trial. Just lost everything. Lost family. Lost, lost, uh, lost his, his livelihood and so on and so on. And again, as you look at the story, you, you look at Job and his wife. Both of them went through the same kind of trial. And Job's, Job's reaction to this shaking that's taken place in his life, his reaction to it is where the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name. He begins to worship God. Job's wife, on the other hand, says, why don't you curse God and die? Job hangs on to God in the middle of a shaking. He hangs on to God. He hangs on to God. He says, you know what? I don't, I don't, let, let my whole life be shaken. He hangs on to God. And you just read right through the 38 chapters and then you see how God begins to move and bless him much, much more than he ever had before. Ruth loses her husband and, and in, in terrible situations and she's shaken, her whole life is shaken. For a, for a woman to lose her husband back in Bible times, there, there, there was no social security where you could, you could actually be held. This, this, was, this was a big thing for someone like Ruth to lose her husband and she's shaken and she's got a choice to make. What am I going to do? What is she going to do? Is she going to go back to Jerusalem with Naomi or is she going to go back to her own people? And you see what, what was in her heart. And she says, you know what, I'm, I'm, Naomi, I'm, I'm going to come with you. No, I'm not going to go. I know that the easy option is to go back to my people, but I'm not going to go back to my people. I'm going to follow you. Wherever you go, you go. And your God shall be my God. And God blessed her. Paul is in a prison and is there. It's there that he writes, you know, most of the New Testament. John is on the Isle of Patmos, a prisoner. And, and, and it's there that God gives him the revelation. It's in this time of testing and trial where, where God's glory comes in a powerful way. Shaking always precedes the glory of God. Maybe some of you going through a shaking right now and you're kind of wondering what the purpose of the shaking is. It may just be that God is preparing you for what He is about to do in your life. It, it, it may just be that the shaking is, is, is a sign of what God is about to do in your life. Maybe, maybe the shaking in the world that we saw in 2020 is a preparation for what God is about to do in the world. Maybe, maybe this, the, the, the COVID whole thing, the shaking thing is, is a sign or is a preparation for the coming glory of God or a coming revival. Bible does say that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on the earth. Another reason or purpose for the shaking comes from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 12 says this. It says, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is, created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Now, the writer to the Hebrews here is actually making reference to this passage in Haggai. It's, it's, it's a reference, it's a direct reference to this passage of, uh, in, in Haggai, to Haggai's prophecy. And he says, the purpose of the shaking is twofold. It's to remove what can be shaken. 
And it also reveals what cannot be shaken. Let me read it again to you. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is, create a thing so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Nothing like a trial to reveal what's really inside of us. When we're shaken by challenges and difficulties and perplexities and situations that make no sense, the validity and depth or integrity of our faith is tested. It's not te- our faith isn't tested when things are going well, everything's going great. Uh, our, our faith is tested when we're in the trial, when we're going through that shaking season in our lives. If there's something that COVID has done, it's shaken all of us. It's tested our faith, our resolve, our commitment to God. See, our faith is, is strong when, when things are going well, when we come to church, it's great. But what, what happens to our faith when, when the doors of the church are no longer open? Do we continue to pray? Do we continue to worship? Do we continue to open up the Word of God? Church may have closed over the COVID period, but the temple in our hearts was always open. Temple in our hearts did not have any restrictions at all. <laughs> no four square meters, one person before four square meters. It's just completely open. Day and night, just feel free to come in <laughs> and worship away, sing away without no problem. You don't even have to wear a mask. It's amazing. It's the shaking that tests the validity of our faith. For some people, their whole faith revolves around what happens on a Sunday. And I tell you, it's fantastic. It's a good place to start. Church is incredibly important for our faith. It's when we come to church, we worship. It's when we come to church, we hear the Word of God. It's when we come to church, we pray. And it's, it's like we're refueled and, and ready to, to be able to tackle the week. But if all our faith revolves around church, then I think we're in trouble. If, if, if our whole faith revolves around what happens in these four walls, I, I, I think we're in trouble because when the four walls are closed, what have we got left? This, the, the church should actually add value to what it is that we're doing already during the week. And if we're doing what we're doing during the week, then the church becomes just, a, just another building block on top of that. If we're praying during the week, if we're worshiping during the week, if we're seeking after God, reading the word during the week, then when we come to church, we come to church with a completely different spirit. It's the shaking that tests the validity or integrity or depth of our faith. Peter says this, In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. As intense heat is applied to gold, the gold turns to liquid and when it does, two things are revealed. One is the impurities in the gold. But the other thing that's revealed is the pure gold. When you heat gold up and it just turns to liquid, two things are revealed. One is the impurities, but also the pure gold. Purpose of the heat in the case of gold is to test what's what's really in the gold. I'm not really a jewellery person. You know, some of you might be better at this than me. I'm, I'm just not a jewellery person. To me... All gold looks amazing. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how many carrots are in there or other vegetables. It doesn't really make any difference to me. But to me, it's just gold. It just shines. It's gold. It looks great on the outside. To me. But the only time you know what the gold is really made of is when you apply heat to it. The only time you know what's really in the gold is when you apply heat to it. 
The purpose of a test or a shaking in our lives is to reveal something. It's to bring something out that would never have been revealed apart from the test, apart from the shaking. This thing that needed to come out would never have come out unless it was tested. So many examples in Scripture of this. My favourite is Peter. Peter says to Jesus, Oh, P- Jesus, I will be with you to the end. Everybody else is going to desert you, but you can count on me because I will be with you. Don't worry about that. And Jesus says to him, Peter, by the end of the day, when, well, when the next time the rooster crows three times, you're going to have denied me three times. And I imagine Peter going, you're crazy. Not me, somebody else. And then what happens? Peter is then thrust in a testing situation. He is shaken. His faith is shaken. Jesus is taken away and, 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 and suddenly he's on his own. And now what's really inside of him starts to come out. And a little girl asks him, weren't you one of the disciples that was with Jesus? No, I wasn't. And three times he was asked. And three times he denied Jesus. It was in the testing situation. It's when he was shaking that what was inside of him actually came out. Sometimes God allows us to be shaken to draw out of us two things. One of those things is impurities. The things that are hidden, the areas in our lives that need to be removed, the things in us that need to be exposed, the things in us that are stopping us from being used by God. Often it's the shaking experiences that actually draw some of those things out. The other thing that is revealed is the purity. It's the depth of our faith. It's the commitment to God. It's our knowledge of God. And all of that comes out when we're shaken. When we pray a prayer, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's an offensive way in me and lead it in the way everlasting. Be careful how you pray that prayer because if you actually pray it, one of the things that God is going to do, it's going to allow you to go through a bit of a shaking experience because it's through the shaking experience that God starts to show us what's really inside of our hearts. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Amen. The Bible says about the people of Israel, Moses said to them, hey, God led you through the wilderness to test what was inside of your heart, to expose what was really inside of your heart. Purpose of the heat for gold is not to ruin the gold, it's to purify it. Purpose of the shaking in our life, it's not to, it's not to destroy our life, it's to purify our faith. It, God says, before I give you my glory, I'm gonna bring a shaking because I'm not gonna give my glory just to anyone. And it's through the shaking that God prepares us for what he's about to do in our lives. And maybe there's someone going through a shaking today. Can I just encourage you? Pastor Joe, what do you do when you're going through a shaking experience? The greatest thing that you can do is just go into the presence of God. Just begin to cry out to God. Just go to the throne of grace uh, where you can find mercy and grace in your time of need. Because it's in the shaking that you get a, a greater understanding of who God is and what he wants to do in your life. There's been many a time in my life when I've been through a shaking experience. And, and when that happens for me, it's, it's, I just go into the presence of God. I say, God, what's happening? You know, what, what, what's going on with this situation, Lord God? Because you are the God that is above every circumstance. You are the God that is above every situation, Lord God. And you can intervene here. So what's happening here, Lord God? Is there something that needs to change in my own life? Are you drawing something out of me, Lord God, that needs to change? What is it that you're wanting to do through my life? 
And it's through the shaking that we come to know God in a greater and a deeper way. As we look at the scriptures, we find another aspect of shaking. Shaking precedes the glory of God, but there are times where God uh, will, will, will allow a shaking for a specific purpose, but there are times where what precedes a shaking is prayer and a seeking after God. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, Peter and uh, John are uh, healed a paralytic. The religious elite hated them. They threatened them. They beat them. They told them not to speak about Jesus. So what did they do? The Bible says on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Paul and Cyrus are in prison and they're praying and they're worshiping God. And the Bible says suddenly there was a, 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 such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains became loose. You look back through all the revivals and you will see this pattern again and again, a group of people that began to cry out to God and began to seek the face of God. And as they do, there's a return to consecration. There's a return to holiness as God begins to shake them. God begins to shake from their lives all the things that are preventing them from being used by God. And as God begins to remove the things that are a hindrance, the sin and the wrong attitudes and the wrong beliefs, then God begins to move with power. Isn't that what God says? If my people who are called by my name shall humble my, themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, I will, then, then, then I'm, then I'm going to intervene. Then, then I'm, then I'm going to do something. Then I'm going to come with my glory. And then I will heal their land. And it's interesting that that's a great scripture. But, but what is really interesting about this scripture is the scripture before, because this is, uh, this is a scripture that came to Solomon when he dedicated the temple. And verse 13 says, When I shut the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, we looked at that last week, or send the plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face. Maybe what's happening in the world or what has happened in the world or the shaking that has happened in, in the world ought to, be, uh, 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 ought to cause a desire in us to begin to seek God and to begin to cry out to God. Because as we do, God begins to pour out His Spirit. Um, every year we begin the year with prayer and fasting. And this year is no exception. Every year we do something different. And this year we've decided to dedicate the first seven days, the first week, of the year to prayer and fasting. I want to encourage everyone to get involved. Pray and fast as you wish. Do the Daniel fast, you know, kind of a vegetable kind of based fast. Um, my fast this week is going to be a sugar fast. So I'm just going to have sugar, nothing else. Um, you can do a full fast for one or two days. But, but during this time, what we want to encourage you to do is to pray and seek God. And the purpose of the prayer is really simple. We want to see God move in a way that we've never seen before. We, we, we want to see the glory of God. Mo Moses prayed, and I, I'm always amazed by this prayer. Moses had, had such an incredible relationship with God, and yet he prays, Lord, show me your glory. There was a fascination with the glory. of. I tell you, church, if there's one thing that we need, we need the glory of God. We need the glory of God. Thank God for the singing. Thank God for the music. Thank God for the preaching. What, what we don't need is more of that. What we need to see is the glory of God amongst us.
What we need to do is we need to see the Spirit of God moving. How is that going to happen, Pastor Joe? It's good. It's going to happen as we begin to see God. And as we begin to cry out to God, I, I, I believe that a shaking takes place. Shaking in us as individuals. A shaking in our church. A shaking in our nation. And that's going to be our prayer. That God, would you come with your glory? Because we need to have an encounter with you above all else. Now, please don't misunderstand me, but, but what, I, what, what I see is we are, too, we are far too concerned with our own lives. The people of Israel, they're building their houses and the temple is in ruins. We, 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 I see this in our own generation. We're too, we're too concerned with our own lives. And the temple of the Holy Spirit in our hearts is in ruins. I pray that God would shake us so that we would see the glory of God. There's a great example of this in, in, the, in the calling of Isaiah. Isaiah's in the temple, he's seeking God and he has an encounter with God that changed his life. The Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of His robe filled the temple. And while he's in the presence of God, all of a sudden there's a shaking in his life. He becomes conscious of his sin. He's deeply disturbed. He, he, he becomes aware of his sin. He says, woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And I just love the way God deals with his sin. He doesn't say to Isaiah, oh, you need to try harder, do more, be more disciplined. God takes responsibility for dealing with his sin. Then one of the seraph flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar and with it he touched my mouth and said see this has touched your lips your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for and then I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us and I said here I am send me I just love those words I love the words of Isaiah here am I send me because God is looking for someone to send God is looking for someone through whom he can show his glory I pray that would be through you and me. I pray that it would be through Life Christian Center. I pray the glory of the Lord would come in this place, that Life Christian Center would be known for the presence of God, the glory of God, the Spirit of God. That He would move through this church by His grace and for His glory. This is what the Lord Almighty says in a little while. Once more, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. I pray that that word would become a reality for this church, for Life Christian Center. I pray that He would fill this house with the glory of God. Can I hear an amen? Let's all stand together. So this week, I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad uh, that we're dedicating the first week to prayer. Uh, there's something about giving God the first. Uh, it's, it's seek God, seek first the kingdom of God. And we're going to give God the first week of this year. Three nights of prayer. I want to encourage you, come along to prayer. It just, just come along and begin to seek God and begin to cry out to God. It's not going to be much to the service, a bit of worship, maybe a, a, a thought on, on prayer. And then we're just going to cry out to God. Let's believe that 2021 is going to be a different year. 
Let's believe that 2021 is going to be a different year, not like last year, not because of some virus, but there's going to be a different kind of virus in 2021. It's going to be a spiritual virus that is going to affect every nation in the name of Jesus, that is going to turn every single nation upside down, not for the wrong reason, but for the right reason. In Jesus' name, I pray 2021 is going to be a different year for Life Christian Center. In Jesus' name, that we will see the glory of God. Come on, let's worship the Lord together before we bring the service to a close. Let's sing.